Welcome to Everyday Heroes, a podcast brought to you by Sports Finder, Australia's very own sport and fitness specific marketplace. Welcome to Sports Finder's Everyday Heroes. My name is Ahmed Al-Huli and today I have a very special guest with me, Mr. Daniel Kirk. Daniel, how are you? Yeah, well, thanks, Ahmed. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure, Daniel. Daniel, before we went live, we had an interesting chat. I mean, you've got an amazing career so far, involved in so many things. Let's get started with it all. Where did it all begin for you, Daniel? Uh, I guess the beginning was, um, you know, and, you know, playing any sport I get my hands on, but particularly soccer early on. Um, you know, as I grew up, I transitioned to football and ended up having a, a reasonably successful career with that, playing, uh, VFL and SNFL football for a while. Um, and then, and now was a, a career ending ankle injury, um, playing for Glenelg in the SNFL and, um, I had six operations over a couple of years trying to trying to fix that and get back to able-bodied sport and um, it became obvious that that wasn't really possible and so I um, contacted the Paralympic Committee in Australia and um, found out what, what my options might be and, and started to look into the parasport options, which is what got me into athletics. Wow, so you played VFL and in the sample as well. Yep. So that's the pretty much yep. the two best... Um, Football leagues, other than the AFL, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I took took footy up fairly late, and you know, around sort of eighteen years of age, and um, didn't quite crack the AFL, but was lucky enough to play a couple of years with Tassie in the VFL, and then um, yeah, with Glenelg for about eight years in the SNFL. Wow, amazing! And now, what are we doing now? So right now, I'm competing as a um, uh, para athlete, so with a with an ankle impairment, which um, puts me into the classification of F44, so um, F for field and 44 for a lower limb impairment on one side. Um, and I compete. I've competed in shot put and discus, but my main event is, is discus. And uh, I mean, from from what I've seen, you've broken a few records. Tell us about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's a funny thing, Ahmed. Like you know, I spent. So much of my life focusing on you know, soccer initially, but more, more so the footy and trying to play AFL and you know make state teams and different things. And and when that sort of all came crashing down, I thought that was it. That was the end of, of sort of you know my sporting career, and that was I'd already sort of had my peak. Um, so it's pretty phenomenal. You know, what three years after getting into para sport and competing as a discus thrower, that I've gone to a world championships and represented Australia for the first time and. And then gone on and broken an Australian Oceania record, and um, it's it's quite surreal, really, like to think that I'm I'm now living my sporting peak at you know 35 years of age, you know, post a, a 12 year footy career where I you know had a serious injury which robbed me of um of I guess choosing my my end time to to football. Yeah, I mean, there's no greater feeling than representing your country on the international stage, right? Absolutely, like. In terms of sporting highlights, like I vividly remember the first time I put on the Tasmanian State, you know, um, uniform to compete for Tassie in the VFL and the same thing with Glenelg in the SNFL. So to do that on the national stage and to pull on the Australian kit is, is something special. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, tell us a bit about the whole para sport, uh, community. I mean, there's not much, much coverage 
where people can actually uh, I mean there is some but but they're not like your your main sports what's what's happening what's the future like is it can do we see media channels getting more and more involved in in, in the whole para sports or where 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 are things yeah absolutely yeah. I, I think in Australia we're, we're a little we, we tend to think of ourselves as doing quite well with this stuff but to be honest we're a bit behind with yeah. with where other countries are um, if we look at someone like the UK um, they ran a really uh, proactive campaign in 2012 and now even look up the We Are Superhuman Channel 4 um, campaign that they ran. Um, it really celebrates everything that's unique and special about para-athletes and it, and it demonstrates to people their ability rather than disability and and um, gives people insight into the fact that they actually are, we are elite athletes. Um, and sometimes we have to overcome more barriers than what an able-bodied person would just to get out there and perform at a similar level. So um, to me, I, I actually worked with um, Parasport previously before my injury as a strength and conditioning coach um, briefly um, amongst other sports and, and um, athletes and I, I loved the experience then but um, participating in it as an athlete is something even more special because it's sort of um, I guess uh, angles and opportunities that, that present themselves and just how empathetic and compassionate people are and, and the perseverance is is just something that is it's one of those human characteristics that you can't help but feel drawn to. Like it's so admirable, and um, and it, it's like you know that's what Parasport's all about. So I talked about the campaign they ran in London, the We Are Superhumans. So if you follow 2017, the World Champs that I went to, which were back in London, they had 250,000 pre-sold tickets for a nine-day event there for the Parathletic Champs, which wow. is more than the previous five World Championships combined. So when you invest in exposing people to parasport, it pays off in, in you know, tenfold. Like um, Australia's barely dipped its toes in that area. Like the Sochi Winter Olympics, um, you know, we had coverage across three different channels on Channel 7. We had a catch-up app. And when it came to the Paralympics, there was only an hour of coverage twice a day, which was just highlights. And it's, a, it's actually a missed opportunity. Um, and when people do get exposed to it in the same way they have in the UK, then para-athletes will be on the same standing as able-bodied. They won't be as friends other than, you know, you'll, you know, you'll pick something that you're attracted to that you like more than something else and that's what you'll watch. But in London, we had families coming out to watch their favourite athletes like Johnny Peacock and Kurt Fernley and Hannah Cockroft and, you know, these people are household names over there. Um, and we don't, we don't have that in Australia yet. Wow. Amazing. So, um, mm, but it is so. From from what I've gathered is that we are starting to basically put some more effort into it, right? Yeah, we are. Look, the Australian Paralympic Committee does a wonderful job. They've, I mean, they've got us on, I guess, a um, a commercial channel now on Channel Seven. We had sponsors of Provider and um, uh, Mondelez and. Uh, Woolworths and those sorts over the course of the Rio Paralympics and the Com Games just gone. Um, so there's some genuine interest there. Um, the Com Games, the people that did see the Paralympic events were combined there. Um, you know, we're overwhelmingly in favour of seeing more of that. Um, so we, like I said, we're dipping our toes, but we need someone like a Channel 7, like a national broadcaster, to do what Channel 4 did in the UK and and take a punt and, and put it out there to watch and brought, um, promote it and you know, broadcast it at prime time 
And I think, you know, it'll it'll end up paying off for them. You know, they'll and people see huge value in it in the same way that they've seen value in, you know, women's AFL and um and other sort of initiatives like that, which have broken a I guess an existing stereotype or paradigm that exists in Australia. Absolutely. I mean, there's 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 no reason why they shouldn't. In fact, I reckon you get a lot of people watching it due due to the fact just people want to see the stories of these people and where they come from and how they've developed and they've accomplished all, the, yeah. all, all these amazing things. I mean, each individual's got a storyline that could pop, that could possibly they possibly write a book about because they've gone through so much. Absolutely, and they've, they've accomplished yep. so much. So absolutely, uh, I've got um, mates and mentors, and you know, I've, Kurt Fernley, who's our most celebrated wheelchair athlete, um, you know, a multiple time on gold medalist, and um, you know, fifteen hundred, five thousand meter events as well. I mean, he he crawled like he was the first man to crawl Kokoda. Um, you know, wow. another mate of mine, Russell Short, is a eight-time Paralympian, fifteen-time world champion. Uh, sorry, world um, uh, bronze championships, and he is vision impaired. And he not only uh, walked Dakota without any sort of aids, he did it barefoot, and he did it after paddling from Cape York to peak of Australia. So he, he paddled with a guide from Cape York to Papua New Guinea, and then went back to back on on the Kokoda track. And he's like, visually impaired. Like he said there's some phenomenal stories. And he's vision impaired, yeah. So he's wow. got, I think, less than 5% vision, or peripheral vision. But he's an absolute, like, he's an absolute legend. Like, he's a fantastic mentor and friend for me. And these are the people that we need to celebrate and we need to be aware of because they provide such a great example to others within the community. Um, and I, I think, like, sponsorship-wise, I think there's a huge opening there for, for companies that um, that are looking for to identify and to, to pair with someone that has that story and can, and can tell it well. Um, you know, and I, I've been lucky enough to work with a couple of people like C5C Architecture in Sydney. They're a sustainable vehicle building company and, and do some stuff with them. And, and Sunstream Saunas, who make an infrared sauna that's, um, you know, a, a, an industry leader. And so those sort of things are great. And once we get more companies investing in this, as well as get the coverage on, on the major networks, I think, I think it has the potential to, to really blow up and, and change the, the sporting dynamic in Australia. Let's hope so, mate. Let's hope so. Um, mm. Yourself. Now, you, uh, you are going to soon become a Paralympian, right? So that's the plan, mate. That's the, the big goal is to get to Tokyo and to, to be up on the podium there. So What's involved? Yeah, working. A lot, of, a lot of hard work, a lot of training hours. Um, Three times a week for around about a couple of hours a session. I throw somewhere around four times a week for the same. Ideally, I'd have a bit more financial support, which would allow me to work less and I could train more um, and recover more too. Is one of the big things that is often missing in in someone that isn't able to sort of uh, train full time because um, you need those sessions in between to be able to get back and get the most out of the, the sessions that you do have. Um, and then working with a skill acquisition coach, working with a head coach, working, you know, physios and um, masseuses and, and having a good support network and team around you. So I've got a fantastic team. I've got a great training environment. For me, it's really um, getting a little bit more um, through working with sponsorship partners and, and ambassador roles and those sort of things to be able to work a little bit less and apply myself now because 
the thing most people don't realise is, is there's a four-year cycle between each of those Paralympic Games, and, and a lot of people just jump on board in the last six months when they, they think they're on a winner. But the real work happens, you know, now. It happens, you know, two, three, four years out, and that last six months is really just some small tweaks, keeping things together and refining what you're going to do. It's not where the work's done that's going to make you successful. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you mentioned recovery. I mean, those that compete in these games obviously have, um, have, well, I don't want to say this <laughs> in any offensive way. They got, um, an, uh, either, um, what's the word? The best way to say this. Either they've got, uh, something, yeah, they've got different attributes that are basically missing, which makes the actual activity more difficult than usual. Does that make yeah. the, does that make the recovery even harder? It can do in some circumstances. So I'll give you a couple of examples. In my personal circumstance, I still experience pain in my ankle. Um, now if I manage that minimal and I won't notice it for the best part of, you know, a day or a week or whatever, but if I overdo it, from standing on my leg too long or um, doing something which is jarring it repetitively, then that will often stir it up and it won't settle down quickly. It won't. It might take a day or two before I can resume normal training, which means modifying activities, doing extra recovery, that sort of stuff. Now, I can still lift big. I can still lift, you know, a couple hundred kilos in a squat and a deadlift and, um, and do what I need to do there. But it's about managing the stress uh, that I'm, I guess, doing chronically from standing. So that, that's for me personally. For other people, um, I'll give you another example. James Turner, who it, it's actually almost a crime that people don't know who this, this young man is. He's a, I think he's 22 now. Um, he competes for Australia, um, in soccer, um, as a, so he's a CP athlete, which means cerebral palsy. Um, but he also competes in athletics and at the World Parathletic Championships that I compete at, he won four gold medals. Wow. Like, which is just phenomenal. And, you know, he, I'm not sure if it was a gold or bronze he won at Rio as well. Um, but his condition, it's the, so CP is often um, quite neurological. And um, when he finishes a race, this guy gives so much. Like, you know, we often champion people when we see them collapse at the finish line and think, you know, how, how amazing is they're able to exert themselves to that extent. I've, I've seen James all, like almost go into a complete fit at the finish line, which is not a pretty thing to see. And there's a lot of empathy and compassion for the athlete in that moment. Um, but that, that provides a huge neurological stress on someone's body. Like, you know, the, the, um, the firing rate of those neurons, stress and the energy. So to think that, it, that someone like, that with his condition, I mean, back to back gold medals had a parallel athletic championships like day after day. Like, this guy should be a national icon. And I can't wait for the, the day when, like I said, the companies and broadcasters see the opportunity there is here and start telling their story. Wow, amazing! I mean, that's mm. that, that that truly is some inspiring stuff. I mean, people that are healthy, fully healthy, and so on can't they can barely run, let let alone compete at that level with you know, yeah, with with, with so many issues. So, well, Daniel, yeah, I think the average and can learn a lot from this sort of stuff and you know if you can just tap into it you watch a little bit or you you know get involved as a volunteer or something there's so much to be gained from that like from 
what you contribute to for, but you'll get so much more out of it than you'll ever give. Like just the, you know, like I said, the the human characteristics that you'll pick up from that experience are just phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely. There's there's, there's many experiences that we can learn from, and you've you've shared a few Agreed. today. You've you've definitely shared a few of us today. You've been absolutely great. Thank you very much, Daniel, for joining me on the show. Um, before I let you go, where can we find you online? Yeah, so I'm pretty active across social media. So um, my main channel is probably Instagram, but I'm also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And you can find me on all of them at, um, at Daniel. So um, Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, Kirk. K-I-R-K, and Oz is just A-U-S for Australia. So Daniel Kirk, Oz across all of those channels. Daniel Kirk, ladies so, and gentlemen. So, yeah, happy to hear from any of your listeners. Awesome, awesome. Daniel Kirk, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me on Sports Finders Everyday Heroes. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity, Armin. Thank you for listening to Everyday Heroes, brought to you by Sports Finder, Australia's very own sport and fitness specific marketplace. 